Tonight, we survey the damage to Arsenal's collective assholes as we take a proper pounding at the hands of City. We'll talk shitting the bed and ask what might have been in an Arsenal world without major injuries. All this and more tonight on this and Ask Brothers Rankcast. Welcome to this and Ask Brothers Rankcast. We're back. We missed last week. It wasn't even last week. We missed Wednesday for the Cardiff game. It's just too hard for Toby and I to try and get two out in a week. But we have endeavoured to get one out for you now. I really wish we were doing a podcast about Cardiff though, Toby, because that was a little bit painful and has really brought up some some doubts, some misgivings maybe. What did you think, mate? It was not great, was it? I mean, there's there's not even a lot to analyse in the game bar you know, the formation, a positive period of about, you know, 15 or 20 minutes in the first half. And, and that's about it, really. So, you know, maybe there's a lot of other things that we can discuss uh, about where we're at, the formation, uh, players coming in, coming out, our current position, maybe, if that's where you're, uh, if that's where you're heading. Yeah, you know, I just, I kind of can't be fucked talking about this game, but we have to, because we have yeah, to crack on. We do. I mean, I guess there are some interesting points in terms of... Oh, no, there is. there are significant, significant things to talk about. It's just, for me, those significant things aren't necessarily about the game itself. I mean, we're going to break down the game as we usually would, but I think this game has posed a lot more questions, greater, kind of wider, arching questions than the actual mm. result. Because let's face it, I mean, almost all of us, unless you were some kind of like extreme positive, diehard, mental Arsenal fan being medicated for schizophrenia and deluded behaviour, then you thought we were going to lose this game. And most of us, myself included, picked it for 3-1. Mm. Mm. I mean, I'm probably a bit more optimistic than you. I mean, I, I, I always have this unbridled hope because I feel like that's that's what it is to be a fan and you know I think with our team this year and in the past you know we have the ability to to pull it out of our ass every once in a while you know even even though obviously our record against the top six particularly away has been pretty piss poor for the last you know five or six years but um look I always live in hope and I think um regardless of how you feel about Emery, I think our team definitely have more fight in us. You know, we've we proved that two or three times already this year. Um, you know, which I think is an improvement on previous. In my mind, not quite time to shit the bed just yet. Well, speaking of shitting the bed, Toby, look, we've all done it. We've all shit the bed at least once. Some of us more than once. And before we start throwing stones at a Wobi. Maybe we should think about that. But fuck it. Let's throw some stones at Awobi because we will never actually know what the tactical strategy was because he shit the bed and fucked us with a dick made of stupidity after 35 seconds. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. If, if we're set up, which we were in kind of quite an old school fashion, you know, in a, in a four or in a version of a 442 which was designed to contain and then break quickly, utilising, 
you know, our, our greatest assets on the pitch in 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 our front two. Um, surely the game plan was to see out the first minute. So I think we got like like like. <laughs> surely, surely that was when Emery got the guys together. He said, "Guys, we've just got to get through the first thirty-five right. seconds." Um. I guess, you know, that they brings us pretty well, Toby, into the actual lineup because the lineup that was put out on the television or, or, or what, what was released kind of led us to believe we were going to be playing some kind of a 3-5-3, three, three, you know, three centre-backs, wing-backs, two central midfielders. I kind of thought that we that Awobi was going to end up tucking in behind Lacquer and Ober and making up that diamond. It wasn't the way they went out at all. They went out in a in a four four two without the ball and a four two 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 with the ball. Mm. What did you make of that as a tactic, or where do you think that tactic might have gone had Awobi not have filled the entire bed with his shit? Look, I probably would have gone with a three four one two. You know, which is what we were discussing, and I think what most of us thought it was when the uh, when the lineup was released. But I kind of see where he was going with the four four two. You know, you had two wingers who could protect two not so good or two you know heavily aging fullbacks, um, and then it was a containment and and hit on the break. And you know, we've kind of. Um, We've kind of done that before in a different formation in the in the Sandy Gazola game, so I feel like it could have worked, and and I guess it did kind of work for about fifteen or twenty minutes after the Koscielny goal, um, where yeah we ceded possession, but we started winning the ball back in the middle again, and then you know hitting it quickly and breaking those lines and and getting our forward two in behind, so it could have worked in a way, you know, but. It obviously didn't, and you know, conceding in the first minute fucks any chance of a counter-attack game, well and truly, in the ass. Mm. Granite Shaka left out of the team, kind of a bit of a mysterious one. It, it popped up first. Uh, Andrew Mangan on Arsplug popped it up. I threw it up on a couple of forums, and no one had really seen anything about it, saying Shaka hadn't trained all week. He was involved in that incident with the fans yelling at him early on. Really didn't think that he had picked up a knock. I, I'll i be surprised to see how that develops over the coming days. I thought maybe that might have been a disciplinary... Fuck. Disciplinary, disciplinary tactic. Yeah, disciplinary yeah. action. I thought action. it might have been yes. maybe he's being uh, uh, reprimanded for... Yeah, look, I thought, I thought that too. And, you know, he, he had a bit of a, a bit of a mare against um, a genderless horse, against Manpu. Um, so I, I actually thought it could have been a, a drop from the squad type of thing. I hadn't actually factored in the um, the fight with the fan. You know, I, I would say that's fans being out of order rather than Jacker. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, it was the fans that were vilified for that, not Jacker. I, I just wonder yeah. if maybe there was a little bit more, maybe he bit back. Seems strange that there was nothing in the lead up about an injury, nothing released about mm. an injury, mm. nothing released by the club about an injury, mm. and it was kind of one of those like, oh, by the way, Xhaka hasn't 
hasn't trained look, all week, he he might look, not be in. Look, I he- I heard he pulled up with a bit of a groin after the game, so it could be it could be either of those things, and it's it's a bit conjecture. I feel like the more interesting thing that comes out of it is, I, I feel that's the first time we've really seen Torreira and Genduzzi click, where we actually didn't miss Xhaka so much. Ah, well, you know, we didn't do one last week, but Genduzzi was man of the match against Cardiff. Yeah, as well. So yep. that's a that's a couple of games in a row. Yeah, for him, really um, polarizing player at the moment. There seems to be a bit of a split between the Arsenal fan. Base. I don't know. I feel like he's won us all over the last couple of games, in particular. There's still a lot of stuff out there made mm. about him being floppy and going to ground, and people don't like that about his game. But mm. I actually think he buys us a lot of fouls mm. in times when we're actually trying to slow the pace of the game down. It's something we haven't had for a long time. Yeah, he, I think I mean, he's very good yeah. at feeling the contact yeah. and going down. I don't think he's like majorly like a, a divey, divey individual. Yes, he's a bit of a diver. Yes, he goes down a bit easily. But I, I think it's I think it's interesting. Um, I, I think the shit... Ha- Look, I'm, I'm no fan of that. I'm programmed not to like it. I'm a bit more old school. But... If you can't beat them, join them. And, and we haven't had that level of shithousery or tactical nous um, for a very long time, you know, or if ever really, because we're we're a bit of a we're a bit of a soft touch. The king of it was Robert Pires. Oh was yeah, fan- yeah, was yeah. fantastic yeah. at buying a foul and knowing when to go down. And mm. you know, I, I think for a long time, you and I have spoken about Arsenal not buying fouls and not, you know buying into the systematically fouling game that other teams do. And, and and I'm like you, you know, it's not something that I, I love, but it's something in a football club I've come to understand a bit more as being an important thing. It's the way football is. You have to play the game. Perhaps it is important that we have some players like this, you know, some players who are willing to buy, especially in midfield, it's important to buy fouls. It's important mm. to get rid of that transition and break the ball coming back to you, especially against a team like City with a high press. You know, you have to play that game as, as far yeah, as Yeah, well, uh, the other player who I thought was really good at, at that and um, that relentless press, um, just, to, just to release that pressure for a little while from us was Torreira. He was doing something similar. So I thought they both kind of did that in, in, in midfield. I would take those two as a partnership at the moment in a two well above Xhaka in a two. I don't mind. I'm, I'm not a Xhaka fan. I've made that clear, right? But if I'm going to play Xhaka, I actually well, so prefer do I. him in a midfield so three. But in a two, in a two, I actually quite like Torreira and Genduzzi. They both defend. They both get forward. They both cover a lot of mm. distance. Yeah. They're well, a lot look, more my athletic My favourite formation was Dan. having all three of them in the midfield and then having an attacking 10 slash second striker. Mm. But now Bellerin has gone down. That's fucked us because now we have to try and protect that right back even more. So it's it's a real shame. Every time we get a bit of, a bit of momentum or discover something, another one of our boys goes down. So I, I feel like we have to take that into consideration as well in terms of like the whole tinker man and not knowing the squad and the right formation and all that type type of thing. Well, I mean, we will get to that. And it's funny that you bring up uh, some of the points there because that's actually one of the things we're going to bring up later on um, is about where we would be 
with a full strength squad and how we would have run out with a full strength squad. We we really have to almost take ourselves away from our current situation and go, well, fuck me. Like, this is a really big deal. And I know we've spoken about this over the weeks, but maybe we're not cutting Emery enough slack for dealing with that much shit with that many important players from the from the starting lineup. And, and I include Welbeck in that as well. Topes, I guess, you know, let's rattle through it. Just the main instance in the game. Obviously, 45 seconds in, Awobi <laughs> loses the ball on the edge of the box. Um, from there, we were essentially fucked. The header from Aguero is fantastic. What the fuck? Awobi, nightmare start. Followed almost immediately by what was almost definitely a penalty mm. and should have seen the yeah, staff. No doubt off. we were lucky. VAR would have had an absolute field day with that. That was. A pen and incredibly fucking stupid from Mustafi. If uh, he didn't already have mm. enough nails in his, did, did you see coffee. the thing on Twitter? How deep Mustafi was standing for that first goal as well, playing everyone on side. He also didn't shroud himself in glory for the goal that came next. That was called offside. It was Mustafi that loses his man. We were very, very mm-hmm. lucky. You know, there's there's a few incidents very early on there. I think um, it was Andrew Mangan on Ask Blog who was saying uh, on this week's podcast, it's almost impossible for a player to come back from this level of 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 fan disdain. And it's going to be very difficult for Arsenal to do anything but move him on. Because it's just it's just one thing after the other after the other with Mustafi, and it's kind of become almost a joke, like a gif, you know, that you're gonna see Mustafi just get down like James Brown. I I agree with that. You know, he's someone that I've supported because I've seen the good aspects of his game, um, and that that I genuinely felt slash hoped that could be coached out of his game or just with greater experience, you know, within the team. But, you know, it is a running joke. And I think the fans, as a, a vast majority, have um, have basically gone, look, nah, I'd rather invest in youth and take a 15 or 20 million pound hit with getting rid of him if we got the opportunity. You know the funny thing? Mustafi is youth. Well, that's, that's, why, I was, that's why I was more of a supporter. I mean... I like him as a ball-playing defender. I, I still do. I think he's pretty courageous. He's fairly quick over the ground. He's a good forward-playing defender. But the fact that, you know, he has to be in a back three and and that's not really the way forward for us, you know, unless he's a squad player. Um, and we can't really have a 35 bloody million pound squad player when we have the shittest, most aging defense no. in the fucking league. He's on decent wages as well. Yeah, yeah, like 90 or 100k. Yeah, yeah. No, he was he was big. So, you know, in terms of um, of your pod the other week with uh, with Manny, when uh, <coughs> I was I was replaced and ousted from uh, from my own pod. Um, I thought <laughs> and vigorously called a cunt. Yes, no, I, I actually really, <laughs> I actually really enjoyed it and genuinely laughed out loud on each and every occasion that I was uh, that I was ridiculed. Like you said, we stab each other in the chest, not the back. Yeah, that's on, what uh, on us. That's what brothers do. Toby, ten minutes. Arsenal goal one one. And it's the two old boys who come together. Well, 
not the guy who actually produced the cross, but the flick from Monreal, the head from Koscielny, we're back in it. And I'm yeah, thinking, I, was, I was pretty excited. Fuck. You know, maybe that's yeah. more than we deserve. Maybe this is a turning point. It's something for us to hold on to. We were incredibly, we, we were getting incredibly deep. So it became apparent that the game plan was to to break mm. Um, mm. and to get at them that way. There was the nice ball to Lacazette, but Edison was a really good sweep, sweeper keeper. No, that um, was Lacazette to Aubameyang. Didn't I say that? No, you said to Lacazette. Oh, it was from oh, I'm an Lacazette. idiot. Lacazette to you just you need bank. beer, mate. This not drinking thing, it's doing horrible things to your brain. No, I've I've already succumbed. So. Oh, you've already had a beer? I'm currently drinking a Mornington Peninsula Pale Ale. And it's delicious. <laughs> I'm just drinking some shitty Pinot Grigio. Uh, Arsenal, very compact. Uh, two banks of four, uh, kind of breaking in a 4-2-2-2, but Kolasinac getting caught very, very far inside and really leaving Monreal out to dry yep. to the point where it's Genduzzi who ends up pulling into this pseudo like back, like lopsided back three position where he's pulling into the channel kind of halfway between where Kalasinac is and Kalasinac would be if it was a back three. Really strange, but at this point we're actually looking quite hard to break down. I guess Genduzi going so deep um, to pick up those defensive positions and uh, Lichsteiner just screaming at everyone around him to pick up players. I guess that kind of stunted our go forward and that was indicated by the real lack of impact from our striking too. But we kind of managed to hold on and in just true Arsenal fashion, 43 minutes, Aguero's second, really shithouse from Arsenal. I think we had almost every man back in the box at that point. Lich gets pulled really, really far into the edge of the box, loses the wide man, ball in, 2-1 into halftime. And that was the end of Arsenal yeah. as, as far as I was concerned. And, and, and the, the thing that I felt led up to that is that we'd actually had a 15 or 20-minute period where we were actually really good and, and the commentators were really into the game. Like it had become a proper... Premier League end-to-end. No one had expected it to be as tight a contest as it was. And I felt like Arsenal were doing really well. You know, the things that we were talking about before, Genduzi and Torreira, you know, manning, managing to steal the ball back, you know. Oh, like Torreira was fucking skip, everywhere. Skip through their press and then release the ball. And, you know, we didn't have a huge amount of possession, but we were doing well. We were starting to get a foothold in the game. And then... The thing that I feel that led to that was led to their second goal just before half time was actually a breakdown in play at the at the the front right edge of their box between Awobi and Licksteiner. And it was just this this really sloppy, really shit. The play broke down, Licksteiner made, you know, a a, a, a bad pass and the the ball was overturned when we were in a really threatening position, you know, and once again, Arsenal pushed forward just before half time, lose possession high up the pitch. And then within what a minute or two city had scored. And effectively that was the end of the game for us as we know, because we basically didn't show up for the second half. Well, the second half, I think I have somewhere in the, usually in a half I'll take between about 15 and 30 
uh, notes, like comments, individual comments. Yeah, I had like, no oh, notes. That's interesting. We're half. looking like this. I think I had about seven for the second half. And I think mm. the first note I took was around like 60 minutes where I was like, bark time to change some shit. Yeah. It's all city. Yeah. Or well, I, I think I had a note saying I thought that was handball for the goal, but, you know. No, but it's not. I mean, go back to uh, Koscielny against Burnley. Ball gets kicked into his hand like a metre out from goal. I look. They, they, I think that there is definitely some scope to change the laws around handball. I understand deliberate handball being effectual uh, in the general scheme of play. I think that any time the ball goes in off your hand, it should be handball. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of whether yeah, regardless. it's deliberate yeah. or not. It's obviously not deliberate handball, yeah. but it is a- an unintentional handball. Now, whether that turns into a like old school schoolyard contested, you know, Rooney's going to kick in the bollocks, that thing. You know the thing I'm talking about? What's it called? What? Where the ref drops the ball in between two cunts and they fucking like chicken kick. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a fair restart of play to no one's advantage. Yeah, where yeah. Rooney did it and like kicked someone in the bollocks and that other <laughs> fucking nutter. <laughs> I think Rooney fucks some cunts up. Oh, with that. You very I, rarely see it. I do miss that from the game though. That that just stupid aggression. Vinnie Jones, I think, did it as well. Fuck well, someone up. Of course he fucking did it. Uh, 60 minutes, Toby. The final goal, the final nail in the coffin. Lichsteiner gets done, not for being a bad defender, but he gets absolutely done for pace. Yeah. Um, it just, again, we're sort of sitting there, hashtag say no to Stefan. Um, what the fuck does Jenkinson need to do to get a game? Well, it's 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 barely even his fault, but that doesn't absolve him from... Well, I mean, it, it does absolve him because... It is his fault if he is not athletic enough anymore in the Premier League when you have exactly, so many fast Exactly, but we can't, we, we can't be using him anymore. I mean, he is getting absolutely trounced physically. But Jenkinson is an athlete. So Jenkinson had the best... I think he owned the best 200-metre time, the best 400-metre time, and the best 800-metre time. Well, I think he was some type Arsenal. of track athlete. As yeah. well in his and junior, I remember so, an interview with yeah. him and Theo where I think Theo only had him. He might have he might have got Theo over the hundred or something like that, but Theo had him waxed over the forty. Yeah. Um. So anyway, the preface of what I was saying is surely athleticism has to come into account when you're playing that sort of a system, and I think that a that Jenkinson, unless Lichstein is giving Emery over the pants hand jobs before the games, which I think Emery would kind of enjoy. He looks like that sort of a guy for me. But surely Jenkinson must be able to break into this team now. Prior to this game, all of us were saying, say no to Stefan. Just there's no way he can come out. He's done. The man can't take any more dicks. He's going to fucking explode. He's had Sane up his asshole. He's had fucking, what's his name? The West Ham lad. Anderson up his asshole, and now Sterling's gone and thrown his cock in there as well. Lichsteiner cannot take any more dicks. Yeah, it's time for someone else and to take a dick for the team. Who could even forget Mane? Mane, so many dicks. Such a just a ginormous Senegalese dick. <laughs> um, I'd like to see Jenkinson there for the next game. I hope AMN is back as well. Um, quickly, Toby subs. 
Suarez on for Kalasnak, Ramsey on for Awobi, both Kalasnak and Awobi, two of the most ineffective players on the pitch, whether that was their own doing or whether that was, you know, because Awobi fucked it. In any case, after that, we were 1-1 and we should have been back to the start of the game and they still both didn't really work within that formation. Mm. Well, I, was, I think we'll... I think we'll... I was going to comment, but I think we'll cover that in the three, two, one. So I reckon we um, will elaborate on that further. And then, well, I'll- let's concentrate a bit more. Then, instead of concentrating on Kalasnak and Awobi's performances, let's talk about Suarez and Ramsey for a second. I kind of didn't see the point of doing this to Suarez. He's just come off the plane. He hasn't played that much football for Barcelona this year, and you just put him in when the game is lost. So unless it was just to get some minutes into his legs, I didn't really get it. And he looked off the pace to me. Can I say two things? You can say several things, Toby. This is your podcast. Okay. One, I think Emery just wanted to play with his new toy. I'm going to say three things. Okay. Two, he wanted to give some minutes to a player where that we've only got for, you know, let's say three months. If it, if it doesn't work out, he's going to go back. So he just needs some time in a game that was already lost. And the third thing, I genuinely think this was Emery's time to tell everyone if there was any doubt that Ozil can fuck off. Mm, that's a really interesting point. Yeah. So that, that's why I just, you know, as a manager, you've 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 got a you've got a signing. You want to play with that new toy. It's the future. You know, we we already know that Ramsey isn't, but the fact that Ramsey was used over Özil just says, just fuck off and and take the hint because we don't fucking want you anymore. Pretty interesting you know? thing uh, got spoken about today. First time I've heard it is that Özil's three hundred and fifty k wage. Mm. may actually only be a 250k wage with a hundred thousand pounds worth of playing bonuses and this might be a directive from the board it's no way as bro much really as it's emery yeah yeah i've forgotten where i heard it i either heard it on twitter or was listening to it on a podcast was it from um, a reputable but there source? may actually be it yeah yeah yeah. i'm pretty sure i either read it on ask blog's twitter or listened to it on ask blog i can't remember the day's been so long and i've had like five beers Hmm. Um, it may be the case that it's actually 250k plus playing bonuses and this might be a way of fucking him off because he's not actually getting his 350k anyway. Hmm. That's not a bad deal, you know. I mean, it 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 certainly makes it less extreme in the, in that outlay from, from Arsenal. I mean, it, it's a big pay packet regardless, but it just, at least there's some incentive for that extra bit because I, I feel like these guys do need um, incentivization if that's if that's a word um, you know they've I mean, got it's been brought up before what does Ozil have to play well, for well nothing anymore? nothing I mean do you know what let's handle the everything. let's just handle the Ozil thing now because I had it later on we're talking about it let's just do it okay would Mesut Ozil in this team in any system have made anything different for Arsenal no yeah, I'm saying it, that which right is exactly now. how I feel right about now. it. And yeah. do you know why I'm saying that? Because I actually felt that Lacazette did that role, and I, I think even though the front two were isolated, 
I thought he worked his ass off and he was the one that to 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 track back and press hard and be a bit of a mongrel and utilize well, actually playing more of a one one for me. Yeah, well that's right. That's right. And and look, that makes sense as well because we know your banging man is a low touch player, you know, and it was Lacazette's job to play more of that nine and a half role, which which we've actually said he's quite accustomed to do well look at that through ball he plays for over well it's only I, I thought edison. it was great it was it was it's only it, edison getting on his bike early that yeah, stops that from yeah, being yeah spot on what would spot be a on. highlight so, real mesut Ozil through ball yeah three two ones one two threes toby the game finishes sure. there three one we all expect it to happen nothing really out of the ordinary for arsenal fans now and as i sat down to kind of start working through my three two ones and my my one two threes I kind of had a, a lightning bolt moment, Toby. Did you? Where I was like, yep. And I was like, fuck, man. We really don't give keepers anything other than plus threes or negative threes. Because they either are in the positives because they've had to be so active that they've had an amazing game. Or they're in the negatives because they fucked up. Mm. And generally, when a keeper fucks up... They're going to get a negative three. They're going to get a negative three. Yeah. So... If I hadn't already highlighted it, Toby, for me, my positive three was for Burnt Leno, Jay Leno himself. I thought it could have been at least 10 goals without him. Yeah, wow. Yeah, well, um, yeah, well, I, I thought he actually looked pretty good and, and confident. He didn't get into my plus points. Uh, I gave him an honourable mention. The reason, the reason I said that is because the saves he made were all you know, they were all good and they kept us in it, but they were all savable. You know? Strong hands for me. A lot of the shots were pinged at him really hard. Mm. And not only did he get behind them, but almost, in fact, all of them, he got out away to the side of the goal. I thought it was a big, mature performance. And a time when a young keeper could drop his head and switch off when he's picking the ball out of his net all the time. And he didn't. He rose to it. And for me, that was... A really big moment for me in me feeling the love for Jay. Yeah, yeah, no, feeling cool. like no, he could look, be the man. Fair, fair play. You know, like I said, I considered him, but I, I felt that there were three better players on the pitch. But I, I thought it. He did. was a late inclusion for me, so he kind of he was kind of around my plus one, um, around my plus one point, maybe in my special mentions, and in that last fifteen minutes when City were just multiple cocks in multiple Arsenal holes, I was like, no, fuck it. That one's for you. That one's for you, Jay. I'm throwing it out to them. Uh, Toby, if you didn't have Leno for a plus three, it means you must have had someone else. So who did you have and why? I had had our sideshow Bob for plus three. I mean, I don't really need to go into it that much because I I feel like it it was almost blindingly obvious, you know? He was Two all- games in a row, Toby. Yeah, look, you know, he was always... I had him for my man of the match against Cardiff. Guys, FYI, if you want to see our uh, Cardiff 3-2-1s and 1-2-3s, they're up on the Ask Brothers Facebook page. So just at Ask Bros Rantcast. Yeah. Um, Go on, Toby. You know, what I thought about him, that a typical him performance, you know, always, always running, always brave, always willing, you know, an amazing pitch coverage. Um, interceptions and pass completions and then what I was thinking the note that I made how the fuck is this guy our leader in the engine room at 19 
you know, is that, <laughs> does that show how bad we are or how much we need this guy to uh, be? I think it shows how much of an amazing buy it's been because this doesn't happen And does by that make you sad accident. because the guy that bought him has just fucked off? Yeah, it does make me a bit sad. Um, but, you know, if we bring in someone like Monchi, he's he's got a good mm. background in doing mm. this as well. I don't think scouts are the be-all and end-all of everything. And I think that at a big club like Arsenal, you're going to be able to replace someone like that. They kind with of someone... are with our business model, though. That's that's the only scary thing. But, I mean, if Mislintat got Genduzi and Torreira, he's almost paid for himself for whatever fucking yeah, time yeah, he was in. Yeah, you can't expect anyway. people to stay in positions forever. And yeah. you know what, Toby? I've got a funny feeling that even if Mislintat wasn't happy and mm. Bayern came knocking, there's a very good chance anyway. Mislintat yeah. goes anyway. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a whole different fucking story. Toby, incidentally, I had Genduzi four plus two. Cool. cool. Mature. I, I defended with his yeah. heart. Yep. Played amazing balls. He never stops running. He never stops asking for it. I actually really like the way that he buys fouls because I think it's important for Arsenal, especially when the ball's coming back at us all the time, that we are able to stop the transition. And reset, yep. And the thing I've been most impressed with him in the last two weeks isn't just his work rate, isn't just the amount of distance that he covers, how good he is in tight areas. For me, it's actually been his range of passing and his penetrative. Penetrative. Fuck! His penetrative passing. Mm. No, I, I agree. It's what's, and, uh, it's what's impressed me the most. A couple of amazing diagonals, balls into space. Really, really love it. And, the and I, I was going to make a similar point. Um, I, I think his forward play is becoming, you know, an, an asset to us. And that in itself, by him progressing that way on his, um, you know, on, on his fast-tracked improvement, let's say, that's actually taking away a bit of our reliance on Xhaka as well. So that that's providing us with more options that way, I feel. Do you think that that's a little bit of a, of a sign, maybe, for Granite Xhaka, that he's being out-energied by a 19-year-old? Oh, well, look, we all know the flaws in Xhaka's game. That's why we call him Lieutenant Dan. So it's not... It's not his range of passing. It's that him amongst the his his teammates in the centre, he was vital for for progressing the play forward. Thing is, if I've always known that Jacker was that Jacker was less athletic, or that Genduzi was going to out energy him. The thing I think is really interesting at the moment is Genduzi starting to show. Hey, buddy, you know I've got these long diagonals as well. Well, he's he's so, progressing. That's the thing. He's um. Like his increase in, you know, in his tra- trajectory is is huge. So what we're seeing now, and I think this is a this is an outcome of Emery's investment in his time. When we were worried about Emery playing Genduzi so much because we said he was first or second choice at best, and that he needed to progress under other people, Emery's kind of seen this gem and gone, do you know what? Fuck it. I think this guy's going to be better. So I'm just going to go with it and we're going to back this kid and then we're going to reap the rewards. You know, I don't know if he, he was that sure in his forward thinking, but he sure as shit proved that that he, that he got it right. Yeah, I think it was necessity first and then Genduzi was mature enough, good enough, uh, driven enough 
arrogant enough to take his opportunity. Yeah, no, where he's got a people big set like of balls. Eddie yeah. and AMN have fallen down a bit in maybe not taking, not so much AMN, he had some injuries when he was riding the cast, but where some of those young kids fall down by not grabbing it and not being arrogant enough to say, mm. I belong, mm. Genduzi comes through. And that's something, incidentally, mm. I think that Awobi lacks heavily. The, the arrogance to say, this is my role and you, I will not only will I take the role from you, but you're going to have to like rip it out of my cold, dead, shit-covered hands. Mm. Mm. Toby, uh, positive two, who did you have and why? Uh, I had Torreira for the positive two. Yep. Like I said, the, en- the engine room of our team, like that spine w- was the best part of our game. And like I've said, I've realised City targeted our wings or you know that's the way they play on the overload. But I thought our guys were, were really good. And that period of time where we fought our way back into the game, they were the catalyst for those transitions to to basically affect um, Emery's game plan, let's say. You know, winning the ball back, you know, beating that, you know, incredible press that, that City have. It's almost, it's it's like watching Barcelona right, under the Pep era. They're so quick to, to, um, to press and, and win the ball back, you know. They're, they're relentless in that approach. So both of those guys did a really good job of, of having quickness of feet and thought to go down and take the foul um, and, and drive that play forward. So those two for me were, um, were incredible. And I, I, there was one part of, of, uh, of the game when Torreira came back and made this amazing sort of like hook slide tackle in the box um, when City were in our box in a really dangerous era, area and, you know, the crowd started singing his name. And it, it just, for me, it was a really special point in the game. So, Toby, yeah, that's interesting because I had Torreira for my special mention. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. So, I kind of had him in and around the points a lot. He was really, really, really good. I've just, I've given him a lot of points lately. And for me, there was someone who just nicked it off him who I wanted to give a nice big shout out to, and that was for Cost the Boss, who I gave my one point to. As did not as put did a I, foot Max. out of place for the entire game, man. No. Um, really good. Very similar to the game against uh, Chelsea, where he seemed to have enough protection in front of him that he didn't need to go charging up the pitch. And a couple of times, he actually showed a real turn of pace. And I, I wrote down, oh, his athleticism is is still there, made mm. his clearances, made his headers, made some really good incisive forward passes as well. Yeah, and and, and if if I can add, I thought his decision-making of choosing when to clear and playing out from the back was also really yeah, clever. Yeah, his decision-making is, is good. And we've spoken about this before, that maybe his, um, maybe this injury and him maybe losing, I don't think he's lost a yard or a half a yard, maybe a quarter of a yard, and he might get that back. But maybe it's kind of changed the way that he's defending. Um, on this form, you know, he's out of contract at the end of the season. On this form, if we don't have a lot of money to spend next year, I don't see why we wouldn't throw him a one-year contract. Yeah, well, my point exactly, you know. So what I said was, you know, surely he's not the answer, but... Definitely worth a one-year rolling deal. Uh, so one point for me for cost, Toby. One point for you as well for cost. Yep. Negative numbers, Toby. 
an interesting one to say the least. Mm. Because a few people have thought that certain people, or like one person, fuck it, I'll just kick it off, right? Mm-hmm. I gave my negative one to Kalasanak, and a lot of people thought that he was one of the best players on the pitch. But you're, kid- I, you're kidding me. Yeah, yeah, man. People were like, like people I'm on forums with, people I talk to were like, oh, you know, he's so ballsy going forward. He creates so many chances. He does this, he does that. I thought that he looked like a fish out of water. I thought he was in the inside channel for the entire game. I don't know whether that was tactical. He was walking a lot. He's a heavy set body. I thought he was pretty poor. I think I gave him can't remember whether I gave him negative two or negative three in the Cardiff game, but I thought he was poor there as well. And more and more, I keep coming back just to the simple fact that the man is a wingback and that is it. Mm. And also, what I saw, because I've been an advocate of him playing on the left wing, but what, what I saw was the difference between playing as a wingback and coming onto the ball on the overlap, like a fucking train. And playing with your your back to goal, and I forget who the the commentator was, whether it was Jim Beglin or Martin Lawrence, was saying exactly that. And I think he was actually alluding to the fact that he'd actually been in that position before. So I think there's a really big difference between charging forward and having clever interplay, you know, with an awobi or something like that, and actually playing with your back to goal or or having to be uh, make that final shot. Rather he than... seems to need to gain momentum to be effective. Mm. Anyway, me. look, it, I, I'm only not... only once his momentum's up. Look, I'm not completely willing to just dismiss it out of hand and say never do it again because I, I, I see the approach and I see how it could work. Um, but when we get into my negatives, um, I'll get on to why I thought he was quite well, Toby, negligent. we're there right now, buddy. Negative one. Who did you have? Uh, I, I couldn't go past Wobes. For, for to be in the negative. So I probably had about four or five that were there or thereabouts. Um, and what I went back to is that first minute error that completely fucked us in the ass for the entire match. You the can't set thing up... I can say, Toby, is I'm very surprised you only gave him negative one. Well, I, I think there's two players worthy of, of more. Um, and... Iwobi did have a, a shocker um, and was the catalyst for, for our failure, basically. He had because... some pretty poor touch. Look, yeah. let's face it, he doesn't play well off the right anyway. He's never fucking played well off the right ever. He does that in the other box fairly regularly, and he did it three or four times in different areas on the pitch today mm. and a couple of heavy passes so and look, and it, it the was... kid had a shocker mm. i love what he does when he's on i worry that he doesn't have the mentality to be a top player but maybe he's not a top player maybe he is he's a useful a really squad good he's a first choice squad player a first choice player and maybe he's someone who has he gets older people mature at different stages. Awobi has matured physically early. I feel that mentally he might not be someone who's matured to be able to deal with the rigors of week in, week out football. Yeah. And, and that's unlike Nduzi, of him. He hasn't Absolutely. reacted to the pressure. Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Whereas yeah. someone like Genduzi at nineteen, 
feels like he belongs and is shouting at people like Leno. He's just gobbled that sh- shit up. Yeah. yeah, he's loved it. Whereas someone like Awobi, I feel like, is a athletic superstar, but has some mental deficiencies. Oh, look, and 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 I get that. I I relate. I relate to that. You know, it's there's such a difference between a decent sportsman and an elite sportsman. When you don't have to think and you act on instinct, which is where Awobi excels, then it all comes naturally and it's beautiful. And that's why I feel he, he affects the game so much better deeper deeper in the pitch, you know, sort of like towards the, the, the centre of the pitch rather than the final third. But as we can see under that immense pressure when it's, you know, the milky bars are on you, he can't produce the final ball. And then in this instance, in terms of losing the ball um, in the first minute, he was under the... the I wouldn't say it was the most intense pressure. I just felt like he fucked up in his decision making, but the the outcome from that error was just obscene in terms of you know what we discussed previously. You can't set up a team, you know, your game plan goes out the window when you concede that first goal, and in particular, so early in the game. Basically, Toby, once you have shit in the bed, there is no way of doing anything but just getting up, changing all the sheets, hoping you haven't shit through the comforter because that's a lot harder to clean. And then the worst thing that can happen is if you've shit through the sheet, through the undersheet, through the comforter and, and into, the, into mattress. the mattress. Is that what you were that saying Awobi did? I'm saying that's how badly Awobi shit. shit. The bed. And yeah. let me tell you, Toby, you know, I've I've shit myself sometimes more more than any other human being I've ever known, and you like to talk about it for some reason as well. Well, no, I mean, look, Toby, if you're gonna do things like shit yourself, you've got two choices. You can you can squirrel up the blankets and wash that shit and act like it never happened, or you can do what I do and put it on Facebook. Yeah, it's about it's about self soothing and, and and embracing. It's about Potty embracing humor. it's about yeah. embracing what you are. See, you're the older child, Toby. You were loved. I was the younger child. I was just left to be because by the time I came around, they couldn't be bothered parenting anymore. And you were a total little cunt. Right from like the <laughs> word go. You always have been. Yeah. In the words of our dad, <laughs> I always knew you was a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> Toby, two points I had for Lichsteiner, hashtag say no to Stefan. Um, I just thought he was left for dead by Sterling twice. Oh. Too slow. And you know what? I'm not I'm not giving you negative two, Lich, for your effort. No. And I'm not giving you negative two As because it's your yeah. fault or, yeah. or that you're a yeah. bad person yeah. or that you're a bad player. I'm no. sure even a couple of years ago, you were probably one of the best right backs in the world at some point. I feel bad for you. Hashtag say no to Stefan. I'm just, I don't want to see him yeah. playing anymore. Yeah. It shows how athletic the Premier League is. And it shows that you just cannot be, you just can't be, whether it's the system that Emery plays that doesn't allow him to to be that way, or whether he is just physically fucking cooked. No, it's He's physically. borderline yeah. Lieutenant Dan Mark II. For no, me. he's worse than Lieutenant Dan. I 
let me just add, I too had two point negative two for Licksteiner. Um, mine was exactly the same. It's it's basically in the modern context. I feel the fullback is the most physically demanding role in the sport. You know the 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 way you need to get up and down the pitch, provide the width, overlap, and then cover your man defensively and help your your central defenders out. You know it's crazy. You know, like to to bring a guy in with one of the slower leagues in the world, and this isn't shitting on you know the um, the Italian league, but to bring an aging superstar who's physically on the on the on the on the downhill of his career and bring him in to the most intense physical side physical league in the world you know even if technically the premier league isn't as 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 good as some of the others there is no doubt athletically it it is the most brutal so he's playing in the most physically demanding position in the most physically demanding league in the world and he's just getting eaten for breakfast and like you said, you know, Sterling on multiple occasions, you know, Sterling's not the, the toughest bloke in the world, but he's certainly quick. And he outpaced him and outmuscled him, you well, know, on Lipsteiner multiple has occasions. Dicks in every fucking yeah. orifice. He just, look, for there me. Are dicks in his ear, there are dicks in his nose. He's got multiple dicks oh, in he, his ass. He, he is like a Japanese bukkake. Like, he. <laughs> You know, You're a bukkake. Lick, Lick Steiner <laughs> has licked some serious Steiner. You know, he. I, I don't want him to see him again, and I, 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 I don't even dislike the guy. I don't think he's a bad player. He's just getting eaten in every physical contest. And hashtag the corporal. What? Hashtag Jenko. My <laughs> hashtag hashtag Jenko versus Bayern. Thank you hashtag for making England, my England point international before. Before I made it was what the fuck has the corporal got to do to get a run? I'm telling you, yeah. man, it's over the pants hand jobs. Yeah. It's what Emery's all about. It's what he asked for. It's what he yeah. needs, mate. He five he year contract need, and the captaincy for the he corporal. He doesn't even need you to look at him while you're doing it. Negative three points, mate. I had a wobie. I couldn't forgive him for shitting through all of the bed, all of the comforter, and all of the mattress. But after that, he continued to take a lot of touches, get the ball stuck under his feet, a couple of heavy passes. Yes, for all the people out there who are saying, a Wobi hater, give him a break, give him a break. I want to start giving him a break. I don't want to be giving him negative points. No, no, I know. I know. But, I know. You know, you can't shoot the bed that I, hard. I, and, and, yeah. yeah. And I thought, do you know what? Because we will never know what the tactic was, because he essentially stole it from Unai. He mm. stole Unai's ability to actually do anything. I had mm. to give him negative three. Who did you mm. give negative three to, Toby? Uh, I gave it to the fridge for this game, you know, and and I, I've been I've been more of a, a Kalasinach praiser when you've been more, uh, I don't want to say hater, but like you've been more negative on him because of his uh, just complete, Lack of defensive I've awareness. The, I've racked up the negative points yeah. so, on him because as we come back to it over and over and over again, and actually it kind of negates what I'm about to say, but I've often said, you know, what your primary role was 
I've given him a lot of negative points because his primary role is defend and he didn't defend. I guess in this game, his primary role wasn't to defend. So the it was a bit actually and that's, that's aren't what as I much for his to. negative deficiencies. Are you saying mm. that the negative points are actually because he failed to do the job of a left of a left winger or a left sided midfielder? Yeah, well, I, I mean, although he was playing forward, he he was lining up as a left midfielder, and it was his job to protect an aging Monreal against like some of the best fucking wide wide players in the world. So I actually thought Monreal was pretty decent as well in this game, and thought Monreal was really good against Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I mean, you're up against you know Bernardo Silva, and you know you've got Sterling on the other side. You know, you've got your overloads and pockets of space all around you. Oh, your overloads and your overlaps and all that stuff. I I really felt that Kalasinac, um, you know, like he didn't he didn't do his due diligence and protect his his left back. And it it wasn't. I didn't feel like it was because he was tanked. I, I felt like he it was almost like a laziness. So, you know, what, what I, I felt likened it to was actually like a schoolboy who thinks he's so good at attacking, he, he, he's too good to do the defensive, the dirty side of I the game. I got pissed off with his walking as well. No, but, but this is I what I mean in terms of the tracking back. Arrogance. Yeah, I don't think that's an arrogance thing. I actually think that's he's such a big body and he's such a big player and he's being asked mm. to play so much football. I don't buy into that so much. I, I understand that it would, it would drain you. But these guys are elite athletes, and and he's trimmed down a bit since the start of the season as well. Toby, you're not as muscular as I am, so you don't really feel the 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 weight of carrying around this massive frame that I'm on. I I hope the viewers understand that you're being heavily sarcastic when you say that. The viewers, the listeners, yeah, because I'm a streak of piss with a beer gut. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, look, you know, for me, Kalasinac, no defensive awareness or desire, uh, and he didn't bring as much in the attacking sense because I feel like the, the the bits that he's best at in the overlap and, and you know, ironically, his partnership with Awobi, you know, he, he's usually our best attacking outlet. So anyway, I don't think he had a good game and I, I actually thought um, he was worthy of a negative three. So, yeah. A little bit of a special mention for me, Toby, that I ended up pulling, uh, as in I didn't end up giving this particular person negative points in the end. He was in and around my negative points. And it leads me into the first of our talking points. Mm. But I actually had Aubameyang in as a special mention. He was hovering around my negative one. I pulled <laughs> Do you know why I'm laughing? End. Do you know why, why I'm laughing? You had him in your special mention. I actually haven't had him as a negative one, and I went back to a Wobi because I felt like a Wobi, it was inexcusable of using your terminology of shitting the bed that bad. So uh, yeah, your banging man look, was actually a, a negative for me until until I decided that um, it was inexcusable. From, so it kind from of ties into the first of our, our talking points tonight anyway. This two-up-front business, in whatever formation you want to use them, a 1-1, one, one, a splitting two... Obamiang out wide it has not worked as often as it hasn't worked and I'm starting to get the feeling that if you ask these two guys to play every game until the end of the year it's going to come horribly horribly undone what is it about the balance of the squad that doesn't 
allow Emery not to pick these guys? And as a secondary question, do you not think that the team would have looked better with either Aubameyang or Lacazette starting and maybe Ramsey in a 10, harrying and pressing? For sure. Like I said before, I actually feel that these guys can work very well as a two, but they need that free roll behind them who can harry and press. So that's who we need to find to replace these guys. It's not Ozil because he's not going to harry and press. He can he can find those guys, but he doesn't support the midfield enough to protect the defence. I am actually on your side in that we will come to the point where we should be benching one of them. As much as it pains me, I think we're waiting for Mikatarian to come back and then to see maybe who can play on the left. And then you can rotate those dudes. So uh, I, I think they can play together, but with someone in behind. And then are you are you starting to get pissed off a little bit with the Tinker Man? <sighs> yes, I, in that there there is an over tinkering in that you can never fucking figure out what's going to happen next. However, round, round pegs, round ha- pegs, however, and square holes being asked to be rocking horses however every time and i've said this earlier in the show every time he he finds something that works well a big injury happens or a minor injury happens so we've got the three big injuries you know you've had kashelny being in and out socrates being out um Torreira being out a little bit, you know, like the, there's there's certain players that have been in and out. I think the Mikatarian thing actually ended up being quite detrimental, the the six or, or eight Mkhitaryan weeks that it's been. and Welbeck for me are excluding Bellerin mm. because we've all really felt the Bellerin loss. We all understood what that was when it happened. Mikatarian and Welbeck have been the two biggest misses for me at Arsenal this year and people are going to jump on me and be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, because we slagged Mkhitaryan, Mkhitaryan more off fucking hard, negative but... points than anyone else, and I'll be the first person yep. to put my hand up and say, without pacey, connective players who are willing to carry the ball and take risk, yeah, you're kind of fucked. And we lost our two. If we had two ball carriers in the team, very different types of ball carriers. But they both you. are ball carriers, though. But they both you. are ball carriers. Mkhitaryan tends to give and go, and that's how he mm. carries the ball. And yep. Welbeck gets the ball into feet and just monsters people with his ginormous elephant cock. And 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 but can I just say about the Welbeck Those thing, two losses he pulled were us huge fucking losses. So and many times at the start of the season when your banging man and Lacazette weren't connecting properly. So Toby, this leads us into a really interesting little segment. Sure. Because what I Go. thought we'd do just quickly was have a look at the Arsenal squad with no injuries and put together a team that if we were fully fit, we would actually play against Man City. Let's start off with a formation. So what formation are we going to play? I actually have to say, against City, I think a five at the back would have been better because they attack in the wide areas. So we're going to play three at the back and a goalkeeper, Toby. Yeah. Let's start with that. Leno, obviously, at the back. Fully fit. Yeah. We're probably talking... Holding Koscielny, Socrates? Uh, yeah, definitely. Bellerin and Kalasanak? Yeah, oh, Kalasanak, no doubt, because that'll give us the attacking 
threat with the extra protection of the three. One deepest lying midfielder being Torreira. Yeah, well, we've got to work this out, don't we? So... I assume then we're going to play in a diamond with two up front. Yeah, I, I'm actually thinking maybe not for this. So let's let's have a look at how this works. Um, so let's go Torreira to break up the play from the deepest. Okay, so Torreira Genduzzi. I guess you're playing Xhaka. <sighs> if you're playing a 10, then a Torreira Xhaka Genduzzi midfield makes sense. I think I'm going to go three up front with Welbeck and Mkhitaryan. Okay, well, I'll do mine. You do yours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to play, Toby, three at the back. I'm going to play Torreira. So I'm going to play Leno, Socrates, Koscielny, and Holding as my, my, my back area. Play Bellerin and Kalasnak in the wing back areas. I'm going to have Torreira as the roaming holding midfielder. Yep. I'm going to play Genduzi and Xhaka. I'm going to play Mikatarian as my 10. Yep. And I'm going to have Welbeck and Lacazette as my two up front because they're going to split and that's going to allow Welbeck to, to be able to link up with Kalasenak. I think that fully fit team is going to be a lot more combative and a lot more ready to rock and roll. Now, keep in mind, I have kept Ramsey out of that team and I've kept Ozil out of that team. And the reason why I've kept Aubameyang out of that team is because I'm not looking at putting the best 10 players on the pitch. I'm looking at being able to bring something on off the bench. And the reason why I've left Ramsey and I've left Aubameyang on the bench is that would be the two changes that I'd be making. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, you know, I, I've got something similar. So Leno, Bellerin, Holding, Koscielny, Socrates, and Kalasinac, so two wingbacks. You know, after reflection of how well Torreira and Ganduzi played as a pair without Xhaka um, and for increased athleticism and go forward, uh, Torreira and Ganduzi as a pair with Torreira sitting deeper. Uh, then I've gone for the power of Danny on the left, the creativity and speed of Mkhitaryan on the right, and Lacazette over your banging man for his work rate and connection uh, with Danny overlapping. So that still leaves us with plenty of firepower power on the bench. You know, Awobi so. on the bench. I've got Ramsey on the bench. I've got Aubameyang on the bench. Your banging man. On the bench, I've got Urzel on the bench. I'm kind of writing Urzel off because obviously we're not playing him. He, he's not a fitness issue. I think he wouldn't be playing regardless if no. everyone basically because was he fit. wouldn't he wouldn't try. So Urzel kind of connects to to a bygone era where we would think that we could go and go toe to toe with these type of players. You know, like your old you know four two three one type of thing. Expect us to have lots of possession and go out and give it a crack because we you know we thought we were the shit and that we could go and compete with these guys but you know we realize in in the latter years how much we got boned hard with that particular you know blase approach um you know we don't have the squad for that anymore so we need we need power and we need hard work look i mean i've got ramsey obamiang monreal mustafi and awobi on the bench after that, it's not a lineup. bad bench, and it's, I and th and this is yeah. the thing that's going to lead me into the final 
talking point of tonight, Toby. Yeah, I think I know where you're going point. with this. I, and you know exactly where I'm going. For fuck sake, Arsenal fans. Calm Look the at fuck the decimation. Yep. Take a fucking calm the fuck down pill. If you need to, stick that pill in your ass because it's going to work better as a suppository than it will if you drink it. Put it <laughs> on the fucking shelf and just calm. He has not even had a full fucking transfer window yet to get going. Is he pissing me off with the tinkering? Yes, but I think the tinkering is a construct of a constantly changing environment for him, and I am not willing to get that pissed off about anything. And when we fucking finish sixth this year, which I think we're going to finish sixth, call me a cunt, call me fucking negative, call me whatever you want. When we finish sixth this year, it's about the year after and the year after that. I don't want to get into another conversation about transfers, money, the release that there's only £40 million available. I actually think that the squad of players that we have currently is pretty decent. And had we not have had this amazing amount of injuries all in specific singular fucking areas from the start of the season. I think that we'd be in a much better position and we would be able to be competing with Chelsea and Manchester United. As a result, I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for us to get up this year. Do you remember at the start of the season when we were so blown away at the at the start of the season when how proud we were of our bench and you look at those alternatives now we now our our starting 11 is our basically our our second reserves you know it really has flipped we had a huge squad at the start of the season and i i really mean that and i think our squad was was better in places um than those above us but uh, the injuries have absolutely decimated and let's not forget as well Emery's had to make some fucking big power plays whether they're his own doing and whether you know they were the right move let's let's wait and see but really this guy is he, he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders and um you know i i think you know his his demeanor his exterior i th- i think we we maybe misjudge how tough this guy is so um yeah no I, I agree with you completely it could be it could be very different the the one thing i'd like to to say to you though is that i don't think we're out of it as much as you think we are you know there's another there's another bloody freedom 24 on our hands coming up because we basically got all of those fixtures again well, not- Toby, it's funny that you say that because we only have Manchester United and Tottenham left. Everything else is winnable, and all of the other teams have at least four top-flight exactly. games exactly. against each other. And and Cups and Champions League. Absolutely. And, I mean, look at Liverpool, slowly grinding to a Liverpool. Mm. You know, the only fucking one that's just doing my head in is those fucking jammy fucking spud cunts getting 90th-minute fucking goals every fucking oh, game. I can't believe. Yeah. Fucking... Yeah throw my fucking shoe through the television. I fucking I hate Tottenham. They're pulling it out of their ass in like the, the last minute or the last few minutes every time. But Toby, anyway. we're going to finish up because we're trying to get out more Express episodes to our listeners. And yes. I just wanted to leave you with one point just very quickly. 
quickly just give me your thoughts on this. Okay. Pep Guardiola in his first year at Manchester City with a team that had won the Premiership within the last two years of him being there yeah. was only three points better off than Emery is at this stage, this time, this year. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that ties in with what we're saying. I mean, cut the guy some fucking slack. We, we're so reactive and we're so binary in our fucking perspectives these days with everyone needing to have an opinion and like fight to the death in the comment section. I mean, this is the fight, fucking world fight, that we fight, live in. Fight. You know, it's just fucking ridiculous. You know, I'm I'm this, I'm that, I'm pro this, I'm anti that. Like for fuck's well, that's sake. That's why I'm off. That's why I'm off. Um, I'm off Twitter at the moment. It's a minefield of shit. I'm just yeah. I'm just done with it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Couldn't agree more. Guys, thank you so much for joining Toby and I. As always, we love bringing you this podcast. We love all of our listeners. We're getting some really interesting listens. Ghana, Turkey, Mexico. To all of our our Mexican friends, um, fuck, what's Mexican? You've like been words. there, you dumb fuck. Yeah, I fucked that up. I wanted to say like, uh, wait, oh, I've drunk too many fucking beers. I can't remember how to speak Mexican. Hola, <laughs> from us at the Ars Brothers. We'll see you next time. Much love. You Up better the cut asshole. that shit out. Let's fucking stay in, bro. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Good night. <laughs>